Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, Episode 9, covering minutes 9 of Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and Howling, New Moon Rising. So Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, we are starting off uh, with minute 8, we are in the club, Christopher Lee is in there somewhere, looking, around, looking, looking at the woman who just sat down with a drink in her hand, there are these three kind of scuzzy guys looking at her, that band is playing their music and really getting everything they can out of the guitar, and let's listen to the minute right here. A couple of drinks for me and my friends here, buy another drink? No thanks. Hey, what's with you, man? I mean, can't you see that she's a lady? Don't want to drink with no riffraff? Yeah. So ask her if she fucks her. Sex Pistols, The Clash, The Ramones. They didn't know it, but the guitar was what would really carry them through, what would really make punk something, circa 1985. Anyway, you do see the band playing. They finish the tune they were playing, and then they get on to start and starting up the howling uh, theme. And yeah, the minute is, uh, m- most of it is that woman sitting there at the bar. Can I get you another drink? She literally just started drinking that one. She's going to double fist it. Come on. And these yeah, these three skeezy guys looking at her saying untoward things. But she seems up for it. And they leave in the end. And three guys are there with her going to their motorcycles. And one of the guys is carrying a woman over his shoulder. And um, it's it shots slightly oddly because when it cuts from her and the three of them, it cuts to them outside Slammer, the, uh, the, the bar, the club. If you do what you like, it will... Something's written on the wall at the end of the minute, and I can't quite read it all because there's a guy in front of half of it. But that's what it says in chalk on the wall. Um, and what accents does everyone have? I don't know. They don't sound like. I mean, I mean, maybe it's a very specific sort of thing, but it's it's um, it's one of the you, 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 yeah. Who knows what the accents are? Um, but there was a moment they cut outside Slammer, sort of they're all over on the far right of the frame and she says uh come on follow me and she immediately leaves the frame and so for a split second you think that the one guy carrying the other woman is carrying her for a brief second or i thought that and i thought wait a minute where are we looking because it's it's so it's it's strangely framed he's using the whole frame um but it starts off over on the far right sort of to the right of the huge sign that says slammer and the entrance with everyone coming out of it and all the motorcycles on the two-thirds of the frame on the left so you can be forgiven for not looking in the right place when that shot starts and she's gone quickly so so like huh what huh but yeah she seems up for whatever these three skeezy guys are uh, up for why not fresh meat giggles is the way the uh the minute ends and christopher lee is there is watching her keeping an eye on her and, and it seems like a moment when she when she sort of says something, are they something, he kind of perks up like he can hear her. Maybe he has super, super hearing. Um, I think the fact that we saw when we first saw her, she growled. 
might um, give some part of the game away. Is is the sister's character, is Red Brown, his sister's character, is Dee Wallace's character, is she still in her crypt screaming and yelling? Um, geez, that would be the worst, huh? I mean, I wonder... I wonder if she if she become the world if she could have the strength to um well of course she could have the strength to kick out the entrance and then kind of just push herself out that wouldn't be comfortable but she could probably she's small she could probably turn herself on her stomach and lower herself out I think she'd be okay but she has to turn to a werewolf first she has to make it to the full moon um but if she's in a completely encased coffin in a mausoleum. And there's no like light getting in sunlight or moonlight to where she is. Does she know that the moonlight is out? I guess I guess some part of her would know that. But um, and I mean you know obviously at the end of the minute uh, that these three guys aren't uh, they're not going to be there long. One one does question the fact that we do all this setup in the club, and then the previous minute, like twenty seconds from the end, we see her enter the club, we see her sit down. We see these guys looking at her. They talk to her, and like 40 seconds, we're all at the club again. She just went in the club. I mean, that's quick. She, she was in that club for no more than a minute. She got a drink, and, and she then she was gone. And she didn't have to pay for the drink. The guys paid for the drink for her. But, um, I mean, yeah, it does have, like I said previously, it does have sort of the, um, the, the sort of look of um, uh, taking on a punk scene, by someone who doesn't know. Like, I was used Rumble in the Bronx, and I think I used it previously. Rumble in the Bronx, like the punks in Rumble in the Bronx. As long as you know you don't spend too much time looking at them, they're fine. And when they're fighting, they're great. But uh, when you actually like look at them, they're they're goofy. They are one goofy. I mean, hell, the um, the punks in Police Academy Two, led by Bobcat uh, Goldthwait, are more um, convincing than the punks in in. In um, Rumble in the Bronx, or, or many of the punks that were in Slammer, here, and there's really not much to go into on this. Um, the uh, yeah, Christopher Lee is there, obviously watching her, and uh, the mention of werewolves makes you think she might be one. Yeah, and they're all getting on their motorcycles, and they are going to their doom. I would imagine. I wish I had more on this. I mean, watching um, watching the, the the lead singer go and the band go crazy when the guy with the guitar steps out and he lets loose with some whales on a it's like, whoa that guitar, that's simply the best. Mm. Okay, well I think that, I think that's about it here on um, Howling Two, uh, minute nine. We are um, it's. As I've said before, it is a very weird movie. It is a very strange movie. We get moments and glimpses here and there, but it, it sort of builds and accumulates the weirdness. You know, like right now, it just seems like scattered and talking about it minute by minute, incoherent and not not terribly as interesting as possibly it could be. But trust me, it will get there. We'll have a we'll have a minute where we suddenly realize we've been having a great time. Not this minute, but it's okay. Let's go on to Howling New Moon Rising, Minute 9. Uh, Pappy has just been given some soda water instead of a drink, and he's not happy about it. Since when has she been giving orders around here? Since 1974. <laughs> <laughs> he came here looking for work. Can I be? You're the boss here, I hear. I run the place. What are you smiling at? Oh, nothing, Pappy. <laughs> well, hi, Ted. Bob said you were looking for work. Yeah, that's right, Harry. 
Well, good. You know, uh, we don't pay much, but you can have some food and a place to sleep. Well, I'll tell you what, it's the best offer I've had to date. Good. sort of location wise I don't think we could get more different um, you know we're in Los Angeles in Howling 2 I, I think we're, we're, we're in like Bavaria or something like that actually um, and we're in we're in Barstow uh, in, in here they're not they're not that far apart um, just a few hours drive but just the worlds are different the punk <laughs> the punk world and the uh, the countryfied world I mean obviously the the country world of Harriet and Pappy's feels more real than the punk world Simply because it is, as I've said before, you know, most of these Harriet and Pappy, uh, the gentleman behind the bar, Jim Brock, um, geez, uh, I, I, um, I think, I think the other guy who introduces Ted, whose name I can't remember, he, um, I think they're all actual people there. Um, uh, I, I won't go over all of that again, but, um, uh, but it's funny. Yeah, I mean, this minute begins with, um, you know. Uh, you know, a bunch of people talking in a sort of a bar, it's a very specific kind of bar, and then it ends kind of in another sort of slightly different space. Uh, this one, the, the last thing we see is Ted's motorcycle in front of what looks like a kind of um, um, not a not a motel, but sort of like rustic uh, hotel rooms, kind of like a f- single floor, um, you know, Norman Bates psycho style, you know, that that there, the Bates Motel kind of thing. I guess it is a motel. The um, uh, and as the, as that song ends, and, and may I just say, I really like that song. I like the song, The Howling. I think it's a great howling. <laughs> Those big, crazy electronic um, drums uh, simulating the, uh, the as I said last time, the um, the gated drum, the Phil Collins' gated drum. And the, uh, uh, but this, I really like the, this crazy heart, come back to me. And I, I, was, I, I think it's a lovely song. The, the fact that um, it plays over the initial line dancing, then we get this scene, then we get more line dancing, and then the song ends as we cut to the um, uh, the Ted Ted uh, Ted's motorcycle and everything outside his motel room. Makes one think that the song is, oh, maybe like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's Take a Pebble, which starts off with the piano and Greg Lake singing goes off into who knows where for like nine minutes and then comes back to Craig Lake at the piano singing. It makes it feel like maybe at some point after like the second or third chorus, suddenly we, whoo, we're in cuckoo town with the song. But I really like it. I think it's a very good song. I think it's a very good uh, song. You know, I'm not a, um, I'm, 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 I'm not a modern country guy. I've tried, because I, I try to sort of get myself into all music if I can, but some things I just, just, I can't, I can't crack, but as I've said before, old style country, I like, and I like this sort of um, more rootsy country rather than you know Garth Brooks style thing. Do you realize how many albums Garth Brooks has sold? Look it up. Go look it up. It's 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 crazy. And yet, and at the same time, the only person I know who owns a Garth Brooks album is my sister Lorraine. I know of no one else. Even when I was in, I was in college when he he went through the roof, and I didn't know anyone who owned a Garth Brooks album. 
you were more likely to find someone who owned you know Danger Danger's first album than, than you were than you were Garth Brooks' album. This was the the first half of the nineties. Anyway, so yeah, so you get the little scene, and it looks like um, uh, Ted's hired, um, and uh, there's more country line dancing. We see the woman with the Australian accent, whose name I don't remember. Country line dancing, and Ted is like standing in the doorway, like looking at her. And she's like looking at him with like, oh God, I have to be nice to him because he's the director. And Ted's there like, yeah, check me out. It's a little skeezy. Um, it, it doesn't, it it doesn't match the. Uh, you're gonna have to work hard to get her attention or you get her to you know whatever whatever it is that Jim says to um to Ted uh, like a two minutes before. It just it just seems like weird that he, you know like we see her sitting next to Pappy drinking having a some something out of um, some sort of glass and then it cuts to her line dancing with everyone it's a very sinister line dancing again and but everyone looks to be into it you know the, the guys have got their hands on their belt buckles and I don't know the women they have, their, they have their arms behind their backs I'm not sure the way it works but they're dancing and then you, you see the woman there and then when she turns there's Ted kind of just staring directly at her which seems um, which seems like I said it seems a bit skeezy to me I'm, I'm not sure why he felt like that was the best way to maybe it's an australian thing well maybe she is she australian too i mean maybe maybe that's just the thing that's the way the australian male mates i don't know i am not one of them but but maybe maybe that's the way the australian male mates and and um and and she's supposed to go oh him but um it just it looks a bit i mean because there's the scene with Harriet and Pappy is goofy. I like the way it sets up everything, and then Brock gets his little one-liner out that everyone ha 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 Brock. And as they're all laughing at Brock, sort of Ted is introduced to to Harriet, and it's kind of all happens very very quickly. A lot goes on in this minute, but the main thing you have to remember is that Ted is now hired on. He gets a room and food. Uh, he just basically he's there, just working, working, and he's he's sitting on this gal, and um, that's about it. It's and it's Halloween because there are Halloween uh, decorations up all over the place. Not, not it's it's there's there's a lot going on, but it's really like if you can watch the minute, I would because just hearing them doesn't quite work because it doesn't it doesn't take into account the fact that like you like when Brock says his line, you don't see him, and. Um, now it could be the framing on the DVD on the laser disc, which is one three three. But like when the guy introduces Ted, he's sort of half cut off, and you can't quite see him, but you can see Ted, and it's just like they're they're just like the, the shots are, they're they're not off, but they're not like in the optimum places where they sort of should be, for the best comedy. Um, not big on the close ups, not big on the inserts. Um, like I said. Uh, you know, like the Cheryl character who I, I mentioned in the previous minute, like she's there, but she's way off on the side of the frame, sort of. And you, um, I, I'd like to see it in the proper aspect ratio. Maybe this is its proper aspect ratio. I sincerely doubt it. If it was going for a new line, they wouldn't have done it like just anticipating home video. I, I think in 94 it would have been. I mean, it's it's definitely it's 185, it's not 235. There, there's no way that this is 235 because it would be the framing would be impossible to watch i think it's 185 and we're missing the edges of frames here and which is making for slight distractions during scenes because when when you watch a scene like this and you have to 
and the viewer has to and we're not talking this isn't like last year at Marion Bad you know this isn't Bergman this isn't you know Altman at his strangest you know this is a this is a werewolf the seventh in a series of werewolf films that more or less went directly to video in the horror section of your local video store if the scene is it just it just looks a little weird watch it again like look where everyone is in relation to one another listen to when you hear people and and when whether they're in the frame or not and it's just it, there's so many weird moments in the editing and everything and some of it is probably from framing but i i would bet that not all of it is so so watch it enjoy it um i think we're to see ted probably in his room get ready for bed or something in the next minute maybe we'll see uh maybe there'll be a werewolf creeping around outside i don't know anyway that's the end of this episode folks episode nine of howling two and seven two thank you so much for listening and next time up uh we'll get ted presumably in his his motel room and we will get um that lady who may or may not be a werewolf leading those three jerks and that other woman off to the middle of nowhere although if they're in the center of la they're not going to the middle of nowhere they're probably just going to a an alley nearby or something like that but listen to this i'll be back i'll, I'll talk more next time oh.